Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, none other than Mikey Maximus the Furnicus, Mr. Hide Your Muddy Bites When He's Around, yes! Mr. Stand Up Comedian Pound for Pound, <laughs> yes! Mr. Hide Your Grandmothers When He's In Your Town, huh? Charette. Ooh. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. What's up? <laughs> I, I, I made you a romancer of the elderly in that last line. I think it threw you for a loop, Mike. You were like, wait, what? You know. Huh? Grandmothers? Well, huh? What? Girl, come on. I don't know. I have a way with grandmothers. No. Nah. Yeah. Word. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, I I would say I definitely have more of a thing with grandmothers than anyone uh, my age. So you know, that's uh, <laughs> most of the time grandmother age folks find me enjoyable. People my age find me annoying. So you know, mm. and what does that say about me? I don't know. Mm. Anyways, it's not important. Let's. Oh. We're not, I'm not on this. I'm not on the couch. <laughs> Mike, I'm not on the couch. It's fine. <laughs> Mike, it's been a lovely past four months. Say what? Can you believe it? You've been on the show four wow. months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I just I realized that uh, at the start of the week. I was looking over and I was like, man, Mike started way back in July. We were in the the middle of summer and now we're on the precipice of of, of winter. Jeez. What? <laughs> What? That's, yeah. that's how time works. It's insane. Time flies. That makes sense. When you're wasting yeah, time talking on the radio. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> but I was thinking about it, Mike, and when you started co-hosting, I didn't do something that I usually do, hmm. which is hmm. uh, we let the audience get to know the real Mike. We, oh, okay. We dive in and talk... Some of the most important life questions. Word. Some things mm. just regarding your philosophic approach to life, Mike. I like this. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to ask some questions. Now, I thought, because normally I come up with a new bag of philosophic questions, but because I, want, I wanted to compare you to other co-hosts we've had on the show, so I pulled some of the questions that I asked from DeMarcus and Jake in the past hmm. want to see what your answers are compared okay. to theirs. So, okay. first one, we're going to start with a pretty pretty hard question, Mike. Um, All right. How much would someone have to pay you for your pinky toe? Wait, what? If they for had all toe. yeah, if they had all the money to pay you anything for your last digit and they were like, "We're going to we're gonna take that toe off of you. Now, uh, this is uh, sans pain, so it's not like they're gonna rip it off without anesthetic. They'll they'll surgically okay. take it. How much would it cost? Um, Doc G, you would know better than me uh, if this is true, but wouldn't that 
like mess up your balance it, when you're running? It would. It would mess it up a little bit, not nearly as bad as your big toe. Your big toe would okay. be a, a you, yeah, you'd be you'd be donezo on your balance and gait. It'd be it'd be rough sledding from there. Okay. Pinky toe wouldn't be as bad. Still throw it off a little okay. bit. You'd have, probably have to learn some new biomechanics. That's not my area of specialty, but <laughs> okay. yeah, most likely. Okay. I felt like you had a little bit of knowledge there, but uh, yeah, I would probably say um, a million, mm. a million dollars. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. I was, I was, it was tough. De- DeMarcus said he wouldn't sell it. Nope. He wouldn't sell it. it. No, no price. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like there would be some price, but yeah, I don't know if I could, it would be tough. I'd have to see a big number. I'd have to yeah, see what's your answer. Number. I don't know. That's the thing. It's like I was like, I don't know if I could sell it. It would be tough. I mean, you know, I don't know hmm. if somebody throws down a billion in front of me. It's going to be hard to say. Like, sorry, Pinky, but, but like, you know, I uh, I just don't know. I'm pretty sentimental to my yeah. Pinky. Although my Pinky is very ugly too. I'll say that. So true. My Pinky toe is your Pinky toe. It's curled. It's the the nail is usually bruised because like it doesn't sit right in my toe box in the shoe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just—it's bad. That's it's not—I mean, it huh. is not a model toe by any sense. But then again, none of my toes are model toes. What's—I uh, don't know what a model toe is because most of them are pretty gross to begin with. But like, mm-hmm. mine definitely are not model toes. That's for sure. They are some sick, <laughs> Mike. They are not <laughs> not good. Any feet people out there, don't come and knock on my door. It's not going to be pretty. Okay. <laughs> Okay, next one. If you could talk to any type of animal, what animal would you want to talk to? Oh, whale. Definitely a whale. A whale. Um, that was definitive. Yeah, maybe if you a went blue fast whale. on that. You were Yeah. You've been planning on talking to a whale. Man. Mhm. Uh, why why a whale? <laughs> I I don't know. I I feel like they're the most a whale or an elephant. I just feel mm. like they're the most aware creatures. I don't know. I feel like they have consciousness and answers. I feel like to you're questions. drawn in by their size. You're just like size yeah. equals uh, equals genius. And they're mm-hmm. gonna have True. they're gonna have more answers. Demarcus had a real weird one here. He said he'd want to talk to a deer, and I was like, pass. Blam. I want to talk to a deer. Man, they just. Yeah, I wonder what questions you would ask. Yeah, they just. I mean, they seem so jittery. On edge all the time. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to talk to that. Now, I mean, as we know on the show, I rethought. I, I said I'd originally want to talk to a cat because I thought they'd be pretty hilarious. But mm-hmm. I think, let's be honest, llama, alpaca. Oh, yeah. Come on now. That'd be a good combo <laughs> right there. First of all, yeah. llama would be like, hey, listen, watch your tone when you're talking to me. We'll rip your face off right now. Right now, I'm a warrior. I'm a warrior. You know, well, that's that's if you're uh, talking to a guard llama, of course. Now, an alp- True. a paco would probably just read you poetry because we know they're very mm-hmm. sentimental creatures. Very close to you. Empathetic. Yes. Extremely empathetic. They, they would be a good psychologist. They would get you on the couch. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, same in the animal <laughs> vein. If you could be any animal, what animal would you be? Um, ooh, not many animals. Mm. Probably a bird, probably a big bird, maybe huh? like an eagle. You can fly. An That's American, right. an American bald eagle. Oh, gosh, he's so patriotic, <laughs> folks. He's patriotic, yeah. That's a good answer, because you can get away from anything. 
You're not gonna like, yeah. a, and you're the apex sort of predator mm -hmm. as far as the skies. So, that's yeah, a good answer. I like that answer. I, uh, Demarcus again is I, I don't know why he went with giraffe. What? what? Who wants to a be giraffe. a giraffe? Yeah, nobody wants that long of a neck. Nope. Good Lord, uh, it's yeah. unnecessary. I saw some bad discovery. I saw some bad discovery channel videos of giraffes versus lions. Yeah, and, uh, you're not gonna win just, on that one. There's gonna nah. five lions are gonna jump and bring your long neck down. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. I I went with panda because like okay, you know, as I mentioned in that show, you're big enough not to be. Uh, attacked really by it. like a tiger is going to be like oh good lord he's so fat and everything I don't want to <laughs> tag that guy and then all you do is eat bamboo all day so like yeah. you're not you're not looking for a food source and you just get to roll down hills with your fat rolly self it's pretty cool yeah I'm sure I, mm -hmm. you know but I might I don't know I mean flying seems pretty cool I might go eagle plus you got like supervision when you're an eagle so that's pretty awesome ah uh. You can you can see I didn't like even think of that. yeah two hundred yards away you can read you can just crazy but then you're you're also hmm. pretty dumb too that's a fact but yeah anyways anyways uh, okay <laughs> what's your favorite way to eat eggs hmm. favorite way to eat eggs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um first thing that comes to mind egg salad sandwich oh man yeah. Now is that I mean is that a, a lunch egg situation or is that a breakfast egg? Would you do both? Are you fond with it? Um, what do you mean? Like I mean, are you uh, eating you that as I a haven't... lunch entree or is that a breakfast oh, okay. entree? Um, I guess a lunch entree is okay. what I had in mind. Okay. But um, I th I think I've seen some pretty good breakfast egg sandwiches. Oh yeah, well you, you I think you got to turn it from the egg salad if you're gonna do breakfast. But I was oh, just wondering. I meant egg salad, egg salad, egg salad. Did I say that at first? Yeah, yeah, no, salad. you said egg it first. Sandwich. That's why I, okay. I was just asking. You know, I didn't know if you were some kind of nutter butter that loved egg salad sandwiches for breakfast. I didn't know. I was like, <laughs> all right. Mm. I don't know. Is that a British thing or like I, a German thing? I don't know. British don't know how to eat. Nope. Let's be honest. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, English <laughs> listeners. You guys, you have gross food. It's true. So true. Um, okay, if you could go anywhere in the world right now, Mike, where would you go? You know, no worries Hawaii. about... Oh, well, that was fast. Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, but oh. specifically the island of oh, Kauai. Oh, okay. Why? Why? Yeah. That, why? What's so special? What? Do you, why? Why that? What have you been waiting on to do there? Um, well, party? that's where they filmed like a lot of Jurassic Park, and I just want to relive mm. that that idea. <laughs> Man, jeez, I like how you have definitive answers on this too. It didn't take that long. You were like, "I have been waiting to do this." Yeah, <laughs> no, for real. Send me out. Uh, I went yeah. back. I said, I said New Zealand in my original answer. Demarcus said Greece mm. or Italy, and I think you know what. I'm sort of going to go with Demarcus, but I think I'm going to go Croatia. When we were talking about Croatia Ooh. back uh, over the summer, that seemed nice. Yes! I sort of just want to yeah. want to hit up Croatia. It seems lovely. I mean, they didn't film Jurassic Park there, but yeah, <laughs> it's all right. It's okay. Okay, uh, let's see here. What's your favorite breakfast cereal? I'm going to say Cocoa Krispies. Mm. It took... Took a minute on it. Like, I really not wanted Cocoa to, Puffs. But yeah. Nope. 
Yeah, because I thought Cocoa Puffs, but I was like, no, nah, I think Cocoa Krispies for me was like the original cocoa cereal. It has a little bit more I'm concentrated more. chocolate, too, I think, in, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. You know? It you definitely get a, does, yeah. You get, a, you get a browner milk at the end of that. <laughs> Sweet. It's always the indication. Very true. Uh, Jake yeah. went with Reese's Puffs, which, eh, mm. eh. I went I went Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is mm. my favorite. It's the standard, man. It is. Yeah, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is awesome. It's it's delicious. Now, this one, me and Jake really split on this one. If you could go to Mars right now, would you? No. Yes, I agree, Mike. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I know. Uh, pass. Mike, uh, Jake was like, definitely. And I was like, what? Huh? Really? Okay, can I actually go back on my answer just uh with a preface? If we had gone to Mars a lot, oh yeah, if we yeah. had been yeah, a few yeah. hundred times, and it was a guaranteed a guaranteed round trip back, I would go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I told him. I was like, with the with the technology now, no way. In I'm not spending <laughs> I'm not spending two years to go out there, and then there'd be nothing to do, and just like, and then don't know if you're gonna get back and be like, oh, whoops, we yeah. overshot Earth. Mm, there we go. We're off into void of space, like, and then just eating those nasty space freeze dried food the whole one. No, nope, no, pass. Yeah, no, thank nah. you. Have I, you had one of those though? I think so. Like back in the day, I like on like a student, like some kind of I don't know, some you know field trip we did or something. I yeah. think I did. I might just be making that up in my head, but like I thought I did at some <laughs> point. They just look gross when you see them anywhere. You're just like, "Ew." Yeah. Look, yeah. It looks like it looks like the sea rations army uh, you know, <laughs> our, our soldiers got except like worse, like freeze-dried and just like dipping dots. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> no thank you. Uh, They're not that bad, to be honest, though. Oh, They're okay. Not bad. <laughs> Mike's like, yeah. I got a freezer some full of, it, of them. Some of it. They're all right. <laughs> it's okay. You don't need it in the... Fr it doesn't need to be uh, frozen. It's no it's muddy dry. bite. It's all right. It's okay. <laughs> um, now, last one. What did your high school locker look like? Did you have anything special in your high school locker? Well, I came up at a time of uh, bad bad situations at school so we didn't have lockers none Those were discontinued <laughs> no wow polk county coming through with the, with yeah, the, yeah with the <laughs> the bad situations man that is getting yeah, pretty no rough allowed. wow that's that ruins your high school experience mike like uh, your yeah, I feel like there was something missing. Your high your locker. I mean, just think about go go back to Save by the Bell. That's where that's where Zach's magic was was in his locker. That's where he pulled yeah. out all of his gadgets and all of his funny things that no one else had was his locker. It's <laughs> I mean, it's basically your living room in uh in the school. My living room so was true. trashed, Mike. I always <laughs> it was dirty. It was not clean. Um, there were lots of pictures of Michael Jordan in the locker, but it was, mm. uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a great time. I, I'm sorry, man. No locker there now. Yeah, no. Now we have learned the fullest and the deepest about Mike Charette, folks. We know he didn't have a locker. <laughs> now that's uh, no locker. 
that's changed that's changed minds and opinions now, Mike. We have gotten deep. Mm-hmm. We now know the fullest yeah. and deepest corners of your mind. And now that we know that, are you ready to fire the show up? Yes, sir. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Oh, Mike, we have a fantastic show. We have morning ciders on the show today. Morningsiders, a fantastic band. They formed at Columbia University there in New York, Mike. Did you ever go through Morningside Heights when you lived in, in New York? Hmm. Morningside Heights? Um, what part of town is that? That's uh, so. uh, near West Harlem there. West no. Harlem. Okay. That, <laughs> no, was not, that, was, that was not your spot of town, huh? Okay. Fair enough. I went up there for a Target. I went, there's a Target up there I went, nice. I went to once. But can't, that was it. Can't avoid a Target, man. Can't avoid nah. a Target. It's the only one in the city. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, they've, maybe they've upgraded since you've been there. Maybe there's multiple. Ah, I'm following know, up, maybe. listeners. I'm going to check and see if there's any <laughs> Targets up there. I know that's what you guys are burning to know. We're going to check it out. Uh, but... <laughs> Reed, Magnus, and Rob will be stopping by. They're going to talk about their career. They're going to talk about the new album. Can't wait to talk to these fellas. They seem like a real good time. But first, we need to start where we start. Hmm. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, there was a little bit of it. You were still, <laughs> you were still stuck <laughs> in the emotions of that starting... <laughs> No locker. I understand. So true. Um, okay, this one probably won't get, but we'll give it a shot. Here we go. Uh, born on November 17th, 1942 in New York City. Our birthday suit wearer moved to Little Italy before he started school. Both of his parents were Italian from the province Palermo, Sicily. Our birthday suit wearer had asthma, so it was difficult for him to play sports. So instead, he watched movies. He loved them growing up. He ended up going to NYU for English and then getting a master's in fine art. While in his master's program, he started working on films. His first big movie he directed was Taxi Driver in 1976. Then in 1980, he directed Raging Bull. In 1986, or sorry, that was 1980, Raging Bull. In 1986, The Color of Money. Then in 1990, Goodfellas. Then in 1995, Mm. Casino. Then in 2002, Gangs of New York. Then in 2006, The Departed. Uh, Then in 2013, The Wolf of Wall Street. Then in 2019, The Irishman. In all, he's been nominated for 91 Academy Awards. He's won 20. He's been nominated for 61 Golden Globe Awards and won 11. In a poll conducted by Total Film... He was voted the second best director of all time behind Alfred Hitchcock. Jeez. Name that birthday suit wearer. Well, you probably called it. I'm probably going to get this wrong, but is it Martin Scorsese? <laughs> no, he got it right, everybody. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did. Yes. Oh, nicely done. Martin Scorsese. Uh, yes. Yes. The man that does mafia movies better than anybody. There it is. Yeah. Uh, Goodfellas, Casino. Definitely like Goodfellas better than Casino. Casino, to me, yeah. runs a little long. No offense to Martin, but it just drags a little bit, I feel like. Hmm. I'm like, nah. Mm. Gangs of New York, obviously. Leonardo DiCaprio, amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Why not? Departed, yeah. love Departed. 
That's actually departed to where where I really became a Leo fan. That's a fact. I was like, man, this is a good movie. This is real yeah, solid right movie. here. And then that was right around the same time as Blood Diamond. Did you see Blood Diamond? Hmm. No, I never watched that one. Oh, that was good. You need to go back and check Blood Diamond. He's got a South African accent. He nails it. Oh, it's just so he's such he's like a dirty, shady character in the diamond trade, but then he becomes mm. he, at the end. I'm not going to ruin it. No ruin. No no spoilers. You w- watch it, Mike. <laughs> watch it. It's fantastic. Okay. But this is not Leonardo DiCaprio's birthday. It's Martin Scorsese's. He is turning what a uh, 79 for Martin Scorsese. Wow. 79. Number 2 best director i gotta be honest i have enjoyed more of his films than alfred hitchcock but then again Hmm. alfred hitchcock's not really in my uh time zone for movies so you know yeah anyways anyways happy birthday martin happy birthday uh mike are you ready rip some headlines yeah yes sir it's now time for rip from the headlines Okay, big news from CNN came in at the end of last week. Again, I know, I know, listeners are saying what? What big news? The climate conference in Glasgow, the infrastructure bill, the grand jury indictments for January sixth, the supply chain issues, the fight against COVID. The answer is no, Mike. Something much more important. Hmm. Britney Spears hmm. has her life yes. back. Yes. Yes, she does. Yes. She is free from her horrible <laughs> conservatorship. Yes. Yeah, she is. Which is big news, Mike. Her. This news affects, Mike, let me, uh, hold on. I got to check the numbers here. Oh, I found it. This affects one person. That's a fact. One person. Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, Mike. It's good for Britney, but that's it. it it's, it's good for yeah. Britney. And uh, <laughs> this doesn't need to be on CNN. I nope. mean, come on. When was the last time on, she had? Really? When was the last time she had a so? number one single? 2014. I, I don't. I don't need to know. What, what, what is CNN going to tell me next? Nick Lachey <laughs> is starting a community service project. Come on. Sweet. Come on, CNN. Leave news that doesn't matter to us. That's what the Doc G Show does. Not you guys. <laughs> you do real news. All right. Jeez. I mean, it is good for her though. I mean, you know. Yeah. I I I I don't have a good enough life for anybody who would want to take over the decisions of my life, but nope. you know, <laughs> she does, and it's good that she has her her life back. That's nice. That's yeah, lovely for her. Great. Um, Mike, on to some more important news here. We have a world record. Yes. Hmm. Yes, and in an exciting, uh, uh, I guess. What was genre? I guess I'd call it exciting. Genre. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, what do we, I? I don't know the name for it. Anyways, we have a world record in the hundred meter dash. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Now it's in a, a particular age range. This record comes to us in the hundred and five year old division. Jeez. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That's right, Mike. One oh five. Julia. Hurricane Hawkins. Say what? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hurricane sped through the line at 103 for the 100 meter dash. Yeah. Yeah. Just do the math there, Mike. That's a speed of almost 
1.6 miles per hour. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be that guy. Is that good? I don't know. Is that bad? <laughs> it sounds good for a 100-year-old well, person. but It's about the pace you would walk into a grocery store at. Somewhere around okay. there. But, you know, I mean, like you said, for 105, she's moving. And that is good. That is good. Uh, even though she did set the record, Mike, she wasn't satisfied. At the end of it, she said, uh, it was wonderful to see so many family members and friends, but uh, I really wanted to do this in less than a minute. Mm. Never satisfied, Mike. Nope. Never satisfied. That's then somebody right. from the crowd said after she said that, they said, uh, isn't it still satisfying to know, though, you did it in less than your age? Hmm. And, uh, hmm. I, you know, I hated to be the math person in the audience, but I was like, that's 63 seconds, moron. It's not 103 seconds. She wasn't anywhere close to her age, all right? It was 103 as in 63, not 103. <laughs> Just me, but I was like, uh, well, and apparently it was Hurricane too, because she replied to that question, no. And then just moved mm. on. So she didn't have too much tolerance for that question. But apparently, along with being a hurricane, Mike, she's also a flower lady, because apparently she has mm. insane gardening skills. That's Ooh. Right. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So hats off, Hurricane. Enjoy your new record. Uh, celebrate it. I can't wait to see the 106-year-old record you have. It's going to be fantastic. F uh, uh, good note, Mike. We actually talked about Hurricane on the show when she broke the 100-year-old age division record three years ago. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, she was a wow. she was a young, spry, one hundred and two year old when we last talked about her. Yeah, <laughs> pretty wild, pretty wild, man. A champion. Good for her. Hurricane, hurricane. Uh, Mike, this is an interesting story in uh, New Jersey. Here, the police chief of Allegheny Township. There's a lot of townships in New Jersey. So true. It's a weird thing. Yeah. I don't know. What is that? I don't. You know what? I'm putting it down with targets in New York. I'm looking up what a township <laughs> is and how it's defined differently than a city. I know that's the kind of thing people want to know on a radio show. That's really what people want me to dig into. Don't worry, listeners. <laughs> I'll do it for you. Um, anyways, the police chief of the Allegheny Township, Dwayne Fisher, is letting folks know his police are running... A little low on bullets. Word. Yeah. Not a good hmm. thing. Not a good thing. And apparently they're running low on bullets because uh, a thousand rounds of 45 caliber bullets that they ordered last week uh, didn't show up this past Monday. Huh? Hmm. So Chief Fisher said, quote, As soon as I saw the UPS driver get out of the truck carrying the box rather gingerly, with one hand, I knew something was up. The box should have weighed about 50 pounds. When we checked, there was no ammunition inside, end quote. Chief Fisher <laughs> then said his department refused the delivery and sent the empty box back. Hmm. So, hmm. couple of things, Mike. First, any, anyone else concerned the police are getting their bullets through UPS? 
Like, is, like, is it just me, or does it seem like the police should be receiving their bullets, like, from a little bit more of an official source than Doug Heffernan from the King of Queens? Like, here's your bullets, <laughs> there we go, like, little, I don't know, I just... Like getting it off eBay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, hey, this is a deal. We can get a hundred more for the same price. Sweet. <laughs> Second, like along with that, I don't mean to get up in the chief's biz, you know, but shouldn't the should the chief be easy enough to just be sitting around watching the UPS dude get off the truck? Like, oh, what's he doing? Oh, that box looks pretty light. Uh, it should be heavy. <laughs> like, shouldn't you be on the phone and like investigating and directing things? Seems like I don't know. You need more things to do, Dwayne, and you need to make better orders than you have been. Uh, yeah, agreed. Yeah. Third, like, <laughs> why was there an empty box? Hmm. Who stole the bullets? Then sealed the box back and sent an empty box. Like, who are the masterminds behind that that were like, you know what? We shouldn't just throw the box away. How about we send the box that we've already got our fingerprints all over and we send it to what place? The police office. That'll be smart. Like, who? <laughs> Come on. Who is stealing these bullets? Or was it just the person they ordered it from? It was just like, <laughs> they'll right. never notice. It'll be fine. They'll never know. Yeah. It's good. Oh, anyways, I hope I hope it works <laughs> out for the township. I hope I hope they're okay. Um Mike, pretty scary scene out of Toronto. A uh, a man uh had arranged to sell his phone to another man over the internet. Hmm. And he had met with the man that he had agreed to sell his phone with at a gas station. Uh, on uh, Dixon Road just before 10.30 p.m. And at some point during the transaction, the man who was selling his phone was stabbed from behind. Jeez. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he was transported to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Uh, and apparently officers are still looking for the subject who fled on foot. So... Mike, I'm not an expert here, but I'm going to throw out some advice about selling your phone. Number one, okay. if you're selling your phone on the internet to just another dude, probably don't do that. <laughs> and it's just first, uh, first one. Second, if the dude you're selling your phone to suggests that you meet up at 10.30 p.m. at a gas station... <laughs> To exchange the money for a phone? Probably don't. It's probably... Yeah. No. Three, if you ignore the first two tips of advice and you're standing at the gas station and the quote-unquote transaction is longer than you giving your phone for a stack of money, you're probably going to get stabbed. And it's probably mm -hmm. just some advice you guys out there <laughs> i mean like honestly though yeah again it's sort of like buying bullets on the internet who's selling their phone to anyone except for like either a phone store or returning it to apple like yeah who's out there like bartering with Not somebody like oh yeah 
Yeah, oh no, it's good. No scratches on this, bro. It's sweet. Like, that's weird. Have you ever yeah, done I don't that, know. Mike? Uh, I have never sold a phone. I don't know what the going know rate how much is. Those go for yeah. if you could get a good phone. But I did buy my PlayStation Five, and I hate to admit this, I bought it off Facebook Marketplace. Oh, and I met. But we met during the day at a Target parking lot. <laughs> we met we met not at a gas station at 10.30. <laughs> not at a gas station. There was yeah. no Stabby McStabberson standing behind me, so I felt pretty good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I, I could see a PlayStation a little bit better. I mean, it still amazes me, though. Like, I'm just one of those people that just goes through... I, I can't really do any deals through... Uh, a backwards channel at all. I'm just gonna like, even if it's something used, I'm gonna go to like GameStop and be like, "Hey, yeah," and and they're gonna be like, "It's seventeen thousand dollars." I'm like, "Eh, <laughs> I think you're ripping me off." But you know what? It I don't want to get stabbed. So here you go. Like yeah. I just, it's just I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a risk taker, Mike. I don't I don't know. I can't I can't risk it there. Uh, yeah. Last thing before we go to break, Mike. Impressive. Another world record. Another world record set just just up the road from us here in Valdosta, Georgia. A uh, a magician or an illusion, uh, illusionist, I should say, <laughs> not a magician, an illusionist. Uh, he uh, he set a record at the Wild Adventures theme park. So he broke the record for most escapes from a straitjacket. He hmm. he did 300 straitjacket escapes in 8 hours. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty I I mean, I got to ask Mike, this was at the Wild Adventures theme park. Was there anyone that watched all 8 hours? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta imagine after the first escape from the straitjacket, you got a pretty good idea how the next 299 are going to turn out. It's not, mm -hmm. yeah, it's not too much. And uh, yeah, I did the math on it, Mike. That's a straitjacket every 96 seconds. It's not bad. Thank you for doing that. Thank yeah. you for doing that math. I yeah. appreciate that. That's not. I mean, you got to think about that. That's. Pretty good. Under two minutes, a straitjacket attempt. That's. Mm -hmm. I've never tried to get out of one, but I would imagine they're fairly difficult. So, you know. Yeah. Hats off to that illusionist. Hats <laughs> off to him. Anyways, <laughs> Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back. But first, we are going to hear from our guest, Morningsiders. This is their single, Sunbeam, right here on the Doc G Show.
the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Listeners, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you need to. You definitely Mm -hmm. need to. Uh, Mike, I have now started a new thing where when I contact uh, managers and uh, publicists for our guests... I actually uh, accost them to subscribe to the show. I think it may be a bad idea, nice. but I'm just like, hey, got some spare time. Do this. They're probably like, Sweet. oh, Jesus, this guy is hard up. Let's not, <laughs> let's, not, let's not get our talent on his show. No, thank you. But I'm trying to make a wave. I'm trying to make it a thing, Mike. It's a, yeah. It needs to be a thing. Listeners, if you haven't subscribed, make it a thing. Okay, mm-hmm. just do it for me. Do it for Mike. He opened up his soul to you earlier on the show. Yeah, he very told you details. exactly. He told you he didn't have a locker in high school. Nobody else knows that. Nobody. Nobody in my in life. the world except for the two thousand other people he went to high school with. Mm-hmm. Okay, and all yeah. their family and everybody that ever <laughs> went to that school. Wait, but what? aside from that, no one else knew mm-hmm. this. And he told you guys in mm-hmm. confidence, so you should subscribe to the show. Just saying. 
Just saying. Mike, let's thank the regulars. Here we go. Let's give some shout-outs. Shout-out. Shout-out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Gainesville, Florida, Radford, Virginia, Barcelona, Spain, Ashburn, Virginia, San Diego, California, Richardson, Texas, Columbus, Georgia, Winfield, West Virginia, Dublin, Ireland, Burlington, Arrow, Oklahoma, Citrus Heights, California, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Katy, Texas, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Sao Paulo, Brazil. Mm, there we go. Yeah. Sao Paulo made it on there now. They're uh they're regular, you know. Cool. I guess it makes sense. Uh since they've got like I don't know how many people in Sao Paulo. It's like thirty million people or something. Yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. So a lot. we we at least converted one of their population over to our <laughs> show, which is nice. That's that's Take lovely. It. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> semi-regulars. Got some interesting ones here. Shout out. Shout out to San Jose del Cabo, Mexico, Leeville, South Carolina, New York City, Toronto, Canada, Bern, Switzerland, Moscow, Russia, Atlanta, Georgia, California, Missouri. What? Huh? Hayward, what? California, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Bristol, Virginia, Melbourne, Australia, Los Angeles, California, St. Louis, Missouri, Bunkingham, Canada, and Springfield, Ohio. Shout That's right, out. Mike. California, Missouri. California, yeah. Missouri. <laughs> I have never been there, but I'm guessing the running joke for all of those people whenever they go anywhere is, I'm from California. <laughs> it's a city in Missouri. I'm actually from a crappy state. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what? No offense, Missouri. I, I'm, I did not mean to call Missouri a crappy state. Please listen to our show. It's not a crappy state. It's not... You're you're probably somewhere right there in the middle with us here in Florida. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. We're not we're not a shining example of greatness. Let's be real. No. Anyways, anyways, thank you to all the listeners out there. We appreciate it. By the way, Mike, I just uh, I just Googled California, Missouri. Uh, their nickname. The country ham capital of the world. Word. Country ham capital. Yeah. Mm, so okay. apparently they're big into country ham. That's, I love uh, country ham. Well, then you love California, Missouri, my friend. <laughs> you love California. <laughs> also, their nickname or their motto, their motto, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Mm, okay. Huh. Yeah. I don't, I'm not exactly sure. There was a a size capacity to serve you, but apparently they're big enough to do it. So there it is. I like it. Now whoever's listening in Missouri, since I've offended them greatly, they will never listen again. But we appreciate the listens that you had before, California, Missouri. We definitely do. They also have plenty of historic places of interest, Mike. I might do a whole special just on California, Missouri. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, Mike, this past weekend, I was listening to uh, an album of one of our old guests, one of our former guests on the show, Blacktop Mojo. Okay, our uh, our rockin' bros from Texas. I was uh, I was listening to their album, Burn the Ships. Burn <laughs> the Ships. Now, if you're not aware, uh, the title, their idea, it's sort of this ongoing myth, right, that Vikings 
when entering a new land that they were going to attack, they would burn their ships before going into battle, you know? Hmm. S set the tone. There's no okay. turning back, you know? Ultimate putting all your chips on the table. Yeah. Now I was I was listening to it and like I was I, I was just thinking about that moment, you know, like the Vikings get off of the boat. There's like 50 of them. Their leader is like, we're going to burn the boats. Frank, the casual Viking, is like, <laughs> are, are we are we doing that now? Because like, I, I still got things on the boat. My my coats. I got I got like two fur coats on there. Can we hold off on burning them? Real I, I'll be right back. I'll be. Hold on. <laughs> hold on a second. Like and then like after the battle they destroyed the town, looted and plundered. Another one of the Vikings is like, gee, really be nice if we had some boats to put all this new treasure on. <laughs> sure am glad we burned those earlier. God, what a d like just <laughs> just a, a, it seems like a real extreme thing to do, but then I started thinking, Mike, I started wondering, it did this really happen, you know? Did Vikings do this? which led me down a road of all kinds of things Vikings. I went down a rabbit hole, Vikings. And okay. it led me to one of my favorite segments of our show. Hot Takes of History. Yes! Hot, hot, hot Takes of History. Yes, Mike. Now, just a I'm heads excited. up. <laughs> Mike, this segment consists of multiple hot, spicy takes about history. So true. And after I've finished describing one of these hot takes, I will label it with an HTH. I will say, HTH. And then you okay. will say, HTH. It's all necessary right. for the segment to work. That's a fact. If we don't okay. do that, it's lost all meaning. It's, it's just, it's devoid of its fun. Okay, okay. here we go. H-T-H. H-T-H. Hot, hot, hot takes of history. Boom. Okay. No, no, okay. no. That was good. That was good. That was good. You can delay as much as you want. Feel free to ad-lib on your A-T-H in any way that you want, Mike. <laughs> um, okay. First off, Vikings didn't burn their ships. Nope. In fact, Mike, most historical experts say they weren't even that good of warriors. Hmm. Apparently, apparently they lost as many times as they won. They they weren't like amazing warriors. Gareth Williams, curator of Vikings, Life and Legend, said that where they could, Vikings tended to avoid combat. So hmm. instead of burning ships, it was more like, hey, you know what? If we can get in our boats now and set their boats on fire... I think we can get away from them. I think that might work. That's more of what, what happened. And apparently, <laughs> even though Vikings didn't burn their boats, Hernan Cortez definitely, there is historical evidence that Hernan Cortez did in 1519. So true. The Spanish conquistador. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Hernan Cortez, he landed in Mexico, and then to get his, get his soldiers psyched up, he just, he dropped his boats into the ocean. Was like, get those things to the bottom of the ocean. Jeez. He was, he meant what he was talking about with the ships, which I would have been offended if I was one of those soldiers. Really? Seems like such a waste, guys. Now we got to build more boats if we want to go back to Europe. I don't really like this place, guys. I feel like Europe is nicer in the summer. 
It's just my <laughs> thought. Anyways, HTH. HTH. Hot, hot, hot takes of history. Mmm, Mike. Vikings apparently never wore horned helmets. Hmm. What? Yeah. Wow. Apparently the helmets you always see, the mascot on the Minnesota Vikings, wrong. Yeah. Hmm. Apparently, folks, uh, they think that somewhere around the 1800s, the artists just for funsies were like, you know what? Let's throw some horns on those helmets. <laughs> yes! Basically, I, apparently they just got bored and they were like, you know what? I bet you I can go draw a killer horn helmet. Here we go. Like, that's pretty much where it just came out of nowhere. Wow. One of those fabrications. Yeah. Yeah. HTH. HTH. Hot, hot, hot takes of history. Mm. Apparently, Vikings like keeping pets, Mike. They hmm. love pets. Yeah. They, uh, cats, dogs, falcons, peacocks, even bears. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. They about would that. get a, yeah, they, they catch a bear cub. And then raise it in their family. And, uh, and apparently, they even got polar bears. Word. Wow. Polar bears. But they were reserved for noblemen. Only only the higher-ups got polar bears. But I was I was thinking about that, Mike. I was like, how, how, how many times did a polar bear get loose and, like, murder 20 people in the town? Yeah, like, right? Whoops. Whoops. Sorry about that, Mr. Fuzzles. <laughs> Mr. Fuzzles got out. Sometimes he gets angry. Our bad. He is not that lovable coke drinking machine you thought he was. Whoops. Uh, okay. HTH. HTH. Hot, 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 hot takes of history. Mike, uh, a Viking ruled England for five weeks. Wow. What? Yeah. Yeah, a, fight, a Viking was the king of England in 1014, the year 1014. Swain, his name, the Viking Swain Forkbeard. Oh, that's a good name. Swain Forkbeard took over Christmas Day 1013, and then I guess because he had done so much uh, fighting to get to be the, uh, the king, he he died five weeks into his rule. Hmm. He he only got five weeks of enjoying being the king of England and the king of the Danes, and then Dunzo. So hmm. so short lived for Swain Fortbeard, but there for a little bit, he was the leader of England as well. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, HTH. HTH. Hot, hot, hot takes of history. Uh, in order to tell how bad a battle uh, battle wound was, Mike, Viking women would feed an injured warrior a broth that was very potent with onions. And after eating it, if they could smell the broth through the wound, Ew. they knew it was too deep and there was no way to fix it. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I... I mean, it's, I, got, I got a couple of questions on this one, Mike. So, like, he was badly enough injured for them to need to test it, but then he's fine to eat some onion broth? 
Mm-hmm. Like, oh, somebody help me. Oh, ooh, <laughs> onion soup. Nice. Yeah, I'll take a little bit. Like, it seems like a little bit tough for somebody that's that badly injured just to be like, yeah, I'll suck this down. Second, it's a cool detection system, but, like, that's as far as they got. So true. Like, all it does is, like, if you have a stomach wound that's too deep, they're just like, ooh, that sucks. <laughs> we don't have any solutions for you on that one, brother. Just gonna have to slowly die. Enjoy your <laughs> onion soup. Like, it doesn't. I mean, so, come on. Work on something yeah. there. I'm just saying. Anyways, HTH. HTH. Hot, hot, hot takes of history. Mike, the majority of Vikings spent their time farming barley, rye, oats, as well as raising cattle, goats, and pigs. That's oh. the majority of their time. They were farmers, Mike. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Word. Yeah. And I started thinking about that. Imagine if the show Vikings that they had on for a real long time, imagine if it was just that side of Vikings. <laughs> Be way less of an exciting show. This week on Vikings, Ragnarok tends to the oats, and he discovered deer may have eaten some of his crop. <laughs> Meanwhile, Frode Roar milks his cows. I don't know why it turned into ESPN, but it did. Anyways, there we go, Mike. H-T-H. H-T-H. Hot, hot, hot takes of history. Mm, we learned about Vikings there, Mike. I love that. No segment. horn helmets. No, no horn, horn helmets. helmets. It's insane. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Before I don't we even go, think a Viking's the same anymore. No, I, I can't even... No. They're not. They're not. They're farmers that don't wear horn helmets. They're pretty boring people, apparently. That uh, they're they're farmers that don't wear horn helmets with a polar bear following them around while they're farming. Mm -hmm. That's weird. Um, yeah. Weird. Also uh, non-confrontational. <laughs> trying to avoid fights. Yes. <laughs> but before we go to break, Mike, we got to do a little previously on the Doc G show. I got a couple things to tie okay. up. Previously on the Doc G Show. First, first, Mike, we were talking about our listeners in Texas last week, and we had six people that were listening, and I said, you know what? We may have enough for a live show. And I was like, in a state of like 30 million people. Well, I got to say, Mike, I was pretty close. The population is 29.18 million. Wow. That's, yeah. I was pretty proud of myself for, for getting that close. I mean, I did go over, so I would have lost in the prices right, but I was still pretty close. You got to give it up. Got to give it up yeah, a little bit. Pretty good. Now, uh, Mike, I also went back and uh, I told you, if you remember, we talked about Hodads in San Diego, and I said uh, they might be my favorite burger. I couldn't remember. I went back and checked. I dug back, and by the way, I uh, I thank you listeners even more. I have even more of an appreciation for our regular listeners because whenever I go back and try to find an old segment, I realize how much my voice sucks. That's and I'm like, I am stupid. I am sorry, listeners. So Anyways, Top 3 Burgers was back on April 7th, Mike, and I put Hodad's number two. Number one was Fuddruckers. I mm. was nostalgic. I love some Fuddruckers. Yeah. Love Fud Rockers. So good. So good. Um, Mike, and lastly, in 
previously on the Doc G Show, the story about TikTok hand signals that saved a girl in Kentucky. First of all, apparently it was a dude that called 911, not a lady. And when he saw all of these news reports about TikTok hand signals, he came out and reported to the news, uh, no. No, I didn't recognize any hand signals from TikTok. Nope. Uh, I did, however, notice her mouthing, help me. Mm. And she appeared to be in distress. So I called 911 because she mouthed, help me. So no, Mike, it was not TikTok hand signals. Apparently, the police put that in their original report. So, I mean, I've got to ask, where the f police originally get TikTok hand signals from? Like, hmm, I don't know. Where did that come from that a police officer was like, yeah, it's got to be TikTok and hand signals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Like, what? How does that get misconstrued from a lady mouthing, help me? Makes no sense. <laughs> and then you have to wonder how many other kids started using hand signals to try to get help. And exactly. They, and they, then nobody they no knew. What yeah, they could have... They could have just said, yeah, just uh, just mouth help me. help me and somebody will help you. Anyways, we are going to take a break. We will be right back with none other than Morningsiders right here on the Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are super lucky to have all three members of the fantastic band Morning Siders with us. We have none other than Magnus, Reed, and Rob. Fellas, how's it going today? Pretty good. Great. Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. 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 Great. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, now, you guys are currently working on the newest album. I hear it's supposed to come out 2022. Uh, do we have a name for the album yet? Uh, well, I can tell you this. So, um, for the longest time, we would save our albums as. So, short answer is no. But <laughs> for the longest time, we would name our albums "new album," mm. and then you know, by the time we had like three going on four, it was just a file management uh, nightmare because <laughs> you know you would uh, you would search for new album and it'd be like, okay, which? Oh man, we made this one four years ago. <laughs> so. We decided that uh, we're going to use code names, mm. and um, the one that just the EP that just came out um, is called Easy Does It. Yeah, we called it, um, but on our computers, it's called Bubble Beam after mm. uh, the Pokemon move. And uh, <laughs> the one we're making this uh, this right now is um, is called Razor Leaf. So okay. 
Okay. Let it be known. Uh, that that will probably not be the fi- probably not be the final. I like uh, it. Final name. Third, certainly <laughs> will not be the final name. Oh well, I don't know. Don't count it out <laughs> yet. Come on, it could be exactly. there. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my brother, my brother gets a little. He gets a little deep in his code names. He does the same thing, except for his playlist, and he makes it off of moods. So whatever mood oh. he's in, but he has number systems for the moods. So you oh, look oh, at wow. it, and it's a really like if you were. I I, th- I don't know. He does it, I guess, I, I, to to have it under code, so but nobody can enjoy his playlist. But uh, you look at his playlist, and it's like zero zero five six, and he's like, oh. That's a good day right there. And you're like, what? <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna ask, like, if you see a bunch of like ones and zeros and twos, like, should you be, should you be concerned? Like, should you, you, you oh, know, no. reach out? We should call somebody. <laughs> he needs help. No, I yeah. honestly, it's it's too deep for me. I have I have no clue. He keeps it secluded from everybody. But you know, uh, you know, nice. it's it's well, whatever works. We'll have to, yeah, we'll have to try that out. Yeah, give it a shot. Give it a shot. Uh, now, are you guys recording that? At uh, Tarquin in uh, Bridgeport? Yeah, that's where we're at right now. Um, Rob took a little field trip into the city, but Reed and I are in Bridgeport right now. Nice. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, that's, I mean, obviously that's not too far away from where you guys all met. You guys met at Columbia University there in in college. Uh, Now, Reed, you're a a New York local, uh, but Magnus, Mm -hmm. you came from from Texas, uh, and I heard it was... That's right. uh, 16? 16 when you moved to New York? That's got to be a pretty dramatic change. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't recommend it if anyone's what, thinking about moving from Houston to New York at 16, but got through it just fine. It was now, was that, I, I'm guessing that was uh, a, a parent's uh, job or something like that as far as moving to New York? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, was, uh, I'm, was music one of the things that made it easier? Were you able to connect with people at least on a music level, or were you far off on your musical taste of what everybody else was around you? <laughs> you know, I think it was kind of around then that I played piano as a kid, mm-hmm. like mostly classical stuff and it never totally felt like my own thing and I, I think right around that move is when I started um, writing stuff you mm-hmm. know in my bedroom on the guitar for uh, you know late hours um, and and starting to play it for friends so I, I do think it was like a big moment but a weird thing is actually that Reed and I probably walked by each other like 40 times when we were in high school before we went to college because he um, in a in a strange twist of fate, lived like two buildings over from my high school. Yep, man, that's yep. yeah, that that's wild when you find that out. Like that, you're just like, what? We were, and you you probably did walk by each other a whole bunch of times. No idea. Well, it, yeah, and actually, like even more, it's like when we both got in early. Um, we met at Columbia. We both got in early, and um, I have a theory that we were the first two people to meet out of our class because we went up, went to a meetup of early decision uh, kids at Columbia and there was a blizzard and we were the only two to show up. And this was about five days after, uh, after early admissions. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the crazy thing is I would see Magnus like once a week Everywhere. for the rest. <laughs> yeah. For the rest of senior year, I'd be like, Oh, there's that guy. And then we, <laughs> uh, he and I ended up, in the same dorm oh. um so you know and at that point you know 
Yeah. It's like, hey, let's let you know, you play music? Oh, yeah, I play music. Yeah, I mean, we just started it at that point. We were like, fine. I guess we'll, <laughs> <Look at that. laughs> we'll hang out and make sound. Now, yeah. now, Rob, did you grow up in New York as well, or did you grow up somewhere else? I, I grew up in uh, the great state of New Jersey, so right across okay. the river. But um, so you, now, uh, now a New York guy. So you were fairly familiar anyways with the city. It wasn't a huge change. Yep, yep. Nice, That's nice. That's right. And then uh, I, was, I was one of the people who didn't show up because there was a blizzard. But uh, <laughs> did, 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 did meet Magnus and Reed shortly thereafter. And then we just started, uh, started jamming. Yeah, I, I heard, uh, like you said, uh, Reed and Magnus started. Uh, how long did it take? You said you kept running into each other like seeing each other for the whole first year how long did it take before you finally said let's jam and i mean was that uh, i mean reed you 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 play a lot of violin uh mm -hmm. like what 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 instruments did you guys start jamming on um we started so i think we met up in our first semester um and it was i i was on violin magnus was on guitar mm -hmm. just like now yeah. um and then over winter break uh columbia lets their students just stay in the dorms mm -hmm. and even though i i lived 30 blocks <laughs> south i just kind of decided to stay in the dorms and yeah. it was a magical time because it was just all these like you know it was like you get to be it was on like your some, own. it was like winter camp right yeah. it was like oh all these like cool people that decided to stay so magnus and i actually made this ep in our dorm wow it was like a what five or six tracks and it was just kind of like yeah it was just violent no one will ever hear a minute of it I never, it's so funny. <laughs> I was uh, I was just thinking in my mind. I'm like, oh man, this could be like really valuable, <laughs> like as an no NFT way. or something. <laughs> now, now that um, that was first semester. The our, our our in between first and second semester of freshman year. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, Rob, I would say something that helped a bit though is that Reed had this habit of always carrying his violin around. With him. <laughs> like I I swear it was always on his back. So. <laughs> You you could just at any moment he was ready. Walk and, into and chemistry class, he was gonna bust it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. I had have definitely done that. <laughs> uh, I didn't bust it out, but I have definitely walked into chemistry class with a violin on my back, no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> now, Rob, yeah. where did you where did you walk by? Were you just like walking by an open dorm room one day and we're like heard tunes and we're like, hey, I've got a piano. Let's let's do this. More or less. <laughs> that probably would happen. Um, but, uh, you know, there were, there were lounges all around Columbia that all had pianos in them. Mm. I think we were probably playing in the, the John Jay lounge, which was one of our favorite lounges to play and where we also recorded our first video. Mm. But, yeah. um, I think that's, I, I think you, you probably got it. <laughs> well, your, your name is obviously from the neighborhood that Columbia is in, Morningside Heights. Were there, were there other names in the running, or was that the one that, like, when you guys just started saying it, it just clicked and you just kept it? There definitely were others in the running, I think. Um, I mean, for a while we were the Morningsiders. There were long mm. deliberations about dropping the Z. Mm. Um eventually won out um but i think like i mean my my sense of it these two might disagree with it but my sense is like you gotta get past the name as quick as possible like i never listen to anyone because their name is good yeah. so we tried not to overthink it too much <laughs> yeah yeah no i definitely and and you were you guys had just passed 
like the the time frame, like the the Strokes, <laughs> the Ataris, all all of those groups had already sort of gone away. So good good on dropping the the. Yeah, Morningsiders <laughs> by itself. When, once you started playing music and you had a name and everything like that, uh, w- was there was there always a clear concept of sort of what type of music? Did you guys have a cohesion of like, yeah, this, I mean, obviously you guys blend genres with what you play, but was it always fairly cohesive as what you guys thought and agreed on it should sound like? Or were sometimes it was like, I think it should be harder, or I think it should be more melodic, or I think there should be, uh, was was there some, have to be some compromise as far as the sounds that you guys wanted to make? Oh, that's, that, I would, that's a, a big question. It kind of depends on, you know, we've been a band for 10 years, um, so ask us at different times. <laughs> you know, we're a folk band, we're an indie, indie band, we're a pop band. Yeah. Um, but I would, you know, in terms of genre, maybe, honestly, like Magnus Mop might have a different idea. But what I've always thought of is um, the three genres I mentioned, which are indie folk pop, are kind of like on a triangle. And we just kind of try to aim somewhere in that triangle. And Mm. each song kind of like, you know, is never dead center. Some of of it's more indie folk. Some of it's more indie pop. Some of it is, you know, folk pop. Um, And some of it's just you know but we never make straight indie rock we never make straight right. pop. we never make straight folk it's always like some blend of the other two yeah um but yeah it's um it, that's we kind of song by song album by album there's just kind of a different uh different blend but but you guys have always found it together fairly easy to stay in that triangle well i think uh, like part of it is that early on we were we just really fell in love with the live sound of playing mm. acoustically with each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like we sometimes read, I think your dad used this term, read like the folk glow mm. when like mm. all of these wooden instruments just kind of start shimmering and, and everything blends together. Yeah. And so at first we were really chasing that and that kept us in kind of an acoustic, a folk space, sometimes like dipping a little into country. Mm. Um, but then I, I think, like, especially the second album, um, Pollen, we were, like, really purposefully trying to to break a little bit of that. Like, it got a little comfortable. Mm-hmm. We had our, like, you know, we, we knew kind of what instruments we're doing, and I, I think we wanted to be surprised a little bit. So that's mm-hmm. when we started working in a lot more of electric guitars and synths yeah. and um, relying on production as an instrument. And I, I think now we've we've kept a lot of that um like that was a good album for us because it kind of shook us out of a lot of our habits yeah well i mean uh, uh, starting with that that live chasing that live sound uh when you when you guys were in college i mean obviously uh new york is a huge music scene but what what about the the music scene around columbia i mean was it a good place to to hit those those gigs those starting gigs i mean was there a uh, urge and a, and a desire for live music there oh, for sure yeah everyone was amazing um i mean we wouldn't i don't think we would have stuck with it if it weren't for our friends you know just being so supportive and and kind and patient <laughs> with it and there were a ton of awesome groups that we were chasing around on campus and um 
you know, we would we would see them at a lot of the campus club events and yeah. things like that. I, I thought it was an, an amazing, like, incubator for us to sort of find our voice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Now, now uh, I mean, a huge, huge gig you guys had there. Uh, I'm guessing that was in your junior year there. You opened for Macklemore. Uh, that sh- I mean, you know that that show was only a couple of years after you guys started playing together, and like you mentioned, you guys are somewhere in that folk pop indie blend, and you're opening for a dude that just had the number one album, and at the time, I mean, in 2013, is one of the most famous rappers there are. What was that experience like? What do you remember about opening for Macklemore? Oh man, I, I laugh because that's such a blast from the past. Yeah, that I I really I mean I I don't if I speak for everyone, or if I don't speak for everyone I barely think about that. <laughs> but but like when people bring it up, I'm like, oh right, that was a big deal, you know. Yeah. But we you know it was just I guess it was a while ago, and we just had a lot of. But um, I it was a lot of pressure um and i remember it being cold and my hands barely worked <laughs> that's honestly what i remember i was mm-hmm. like my hands are cold that's right. um yeah anybody else have more interesting thoughts i don't know <laughs> it, was, it was kind of like a trial by i mean it was, it was like everyone called our bluff all of a sudden like <laughs> we got this gig and i think we were really pumped about it and then like we went up to that first practice and we were like, Oh no, like everyone's <laughs> going to listen to us. And I think that's probably the moment, like those, uh, that year, uh, you know, that realization that suddenly more people than could just fit into one of the campus lounges. We're going to hear our stuff. Um, yeah. I think that, that made, that like made us shift something in our mind. We, we started like really, focusing on the arrangements trying to make sure that you know we weren't wasting everyone's time so it probably was a really important moment for us to take it a little more seriously Uh, i'm sorry one more thought maybe this is getting into the kind of genre question is like that was also the first time when we were like should we blend any rock because Mm. the whole uh, you know when you think of a big stage you you know i i would say I don't know the exact history of it, but the big rock stage really came, you know, or I guess proliferated with rock music. Yeah. And folk music is really meant for smaller stages. Mm -hmm. And just from a technical aspect, like, oh, we need drums. Oh, we need a big bass sound. Like, oh, we need this, you know, like translating our music kind of, uh, it, it kind of forced us to reckon with, oh, you know, uh, playing to a bunch of, you know, like 3,000 really drunk uh, <laughs> college students on a big stage, like, you know, should we should we blend other uh, music in here, you know, or other musical influ- influences yeah. that translate to the big stage? Yeah. Uh, were you after that? I mean, you you still had a whole year of school after that that concert. Were you? Were you somewhat like many celebrities on campus? Like, did, did people notice you more when you were on campus after that concert? I, I mean, I don't think not me at least, but I think I kind of, <laughs> oh, I would I, like, yeah. kind of wandered around. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, I mean, Reed. I mean, Reed's a pretty distinctive fellow up on the stage, so you probably got some eyes. <laughs> uh, 
I, I'm surprised to hear that because I definitely like it, it was actually when the Empress music video went mm. viral on our campus, which mm-hmm. then pre- precipitated or like led to the Macklemore concert that there was a lot of like, hey, you're in that band, you know, and yeah. that was a weird moment. Yeah. Um, so. Well, now uh, that that song, Empress, I mean, that is. Obviously, it's it's your most popular song to date. It still has the most, uh, you know, streams on the streaming services, and it's been used in a bunch of different uh, licensing uh, situations. Uh, how how did that song come together? Was that one of the first ones that that Reed, you and Magnus came up with, or how did that how did that all start, Empress? You know, it honestly was really early, like. I was over at Reed's parents' place, and I, I went into the bathroom, and then I like saw something behind the shower curtain. I'm not making this up. And I <laughs> saw this like, ugly little banjolele, which is just like a ukulele that's also a banjo at yeah. the same time. This horrible hybrid chimera little fella, <laughs> and it like barely made sound right, and. Um, I just, I got kind of addicted to it and was playing it a bunch and, and like Reed and I sort of worked up a basic version of the song and we brought it to Rob and Rob, I feel like right away your hands like knew what to do and just out of nowhere produced this really, you know, the lick that, that makes the song that sort of like recurring yeah. piano melody and, mm-hmm. and we were just like, all right, don't touch anything. Just <laughs> just play this over and over. Now, yeah, that, 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 was, that, that was more a result of not knowing what to play. So I decided just to play sort of the, the triads or the chords, <laughs> which was really just a placeholder, but ended up being the part. I was about to say, it, wor- <laughs> it worked well. Now, was that the, the, the video that you talked about, the, the viral sort of YouTube video, was that, is that the same one that's on YouTube now? Uh, yeah, should be. Yeah. 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 I think so. I mean, it's just a bunch of sort of like scruffy-looking college kids in a lounge. Um, oh, so scruffy! Doing our best. We're playing it so fast. Also, I don't know if you guys have listened to it lately, but oh my gosh, I like, haven't. Well, so fast. That's what I was gonna ask. Do you, uh, have you got? Have you watched it recently and just gone back and said, "What are these crazy kids doing?" I di- I did look at it kind of recently. Um, I forget why, but. I mean, it, it's it's funny. It was such a moment too. Yeah. I mean, I, I think also like we were we were we were just in love with playing music as a group and stacking our harmonies and yeah um, yeah. It, I mean, it was a, it was a really special moment. And our good friend Max Bardix, um, you know, shot it and did an incredible job editing it. And we've ended up working with him a ton over the past ten years. He's just been like a a real friend to the group. Very nice. Very nice. So now, I mean, it seems like that song has had sort of several waves of life. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, with the Starbucks commercial and then the uh, use on difficult people uh, and the, the impact on the uh, from difficult people seem to have a really big effect because it shot up on Spotify. Did you guys, I mean, when you approved that usage as far as Hulu, did you... Did you expect to see the jump you did as far as streams on that song? Uh, we were, uh, we knew it was going to be used, and it was like, oh, cool, a sync. And, you yeah. know, we got, we got maybe, I think, $1,000 for that sync, which, you know, for recent college graduates, Not like, bad. Yeah, yeah, that's great. But <laughs> for a sync, it's like, okay, you know, like, whatever. Yeah. And, um, 
it was, you know, it was kind of small potatoes. But then we woke up the next day. We were actually in, uh, Magnus and I were in Maine, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like on an island that has very little uh, cell service. And yeah. we just woke up and we were the uh, Empress was the number one most viral song in the U.S. Yeah. And we were just like, what? It just, it must have tripped some algorithm or some ratio that was just i mean like you know the the internet just kind of swung in a direction and kind of made it that and really it was just such a a crazy moment that we were not expecting at all for sure definitely had to be a big impact well now i have two questions before i move on from the the college days uh one if i call you guys up and i say fellas i'm in morningside heights i need your best place to eat What's my go-to? Where are you going to tell me to go that's going to give me the feels of the Columbia area that I can feel like a real morning cider? Where are you going to tell me to go eat? I mean, mean, it's got to be Milano's. Milano's sandwiches. You could feed a family of four for two days off of one Milano sandwich. (laughs) We used to eat like two a day. Age five. Milano's is my second choice. I was going to say absolute bagels. Okay. Uh, Uh, Not a bad one. And I, I... I would tell you to get a pastry at the Hungarian. Hungarian. Oh, yep, iconic. Okay, I've got three places. I've got three meals for a for a day. That sounds good. Okay. I've this got... is how most decisions go in the group, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got I've I've got absolute I got the uh, I got the absolute bagels for breakfast. I'm guessing I got maybe the Hungarian for for lunch. Maybe I get there. I can maybe just like a little small thing tie me over, and then Milano's for dinner. So that sounds good. Oh yeah, that sounds yeah. good. It's a good day. Good day. Well, now second question. This is that I I saw this while preparing the interview, and I came across this old this old interview with you guys, and I just got it. It, <laughs> it, was, it was a little odd. I gotta ask, Magnus. I saw this in the in the interview. It said you're trying to get rid of your college nickname, Mega Moose. Oh my God, that's a throwback. <laughs> now, now the only idea I could come up with is somebody misheard your name and somehow thought you said Mega Moose instead of Magnus. Is that like how 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 did you get that nickname? If we can ask. <laughs> I don't, you know, I'm not 100% sure on the origin story. I should text some of some of those guys to see if anyone remembers. But, I mean, I think I was in a group of friends and we were constantly making up stupid names for each other. Of course. Um, yeah. And that one, that one kind of, kind of stuck. I did have this bad habit of turning up really late to things um, or just being generally really slow to react. And so after a while, Mega Moot. But like a joke out of it became um, talking about mega speed. Mm. Like they would be like, "Oh, he's he's on mega speed right now," which means I'm usually like 20 minutes behind. Mm. Um, yeah, it was, I I have no. It was nothing too serious, but I'm sure if I remember, it'll be really <laughs> embarrassing. I'm usually on mega speed, so that that makes sense. <laughs> I'm usually there with you now. After after college, you guys, I mean, obviously continued the band and. You 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 had sort of a, I mean you've you've had a pretty good number of band members and like you said filling yeah. different roles as far as drums and bass and and additional keyboards and I mean you had Cody and Vlad and Ben and David and eventually it's now again the core starting group Magnus Reed and and Rob uh, how, give us the abstract version. Of how you became the the current three piece, oh, man. 
Um, I would say uh, that I like to say that we're the last three standing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say that, yeah, I mean, Magnus and I founded it kind of first, but Rob is, you know, I, I hate even, it's like Rob was, has been there. Was since, there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was there since chapter two, if not chapter one. Um, you know, we kind of, that's been the core group and then we've had other members come in and out and uh you know through all of the vicissitudes of life and iterations it's just kind of been um for a while it was actually just magnus and me but yeah. it was you know recently we just were like you know what rob has always been there if not in uh you know touring capacity he's always put records and he's always been um kind of almost like an advisor just and also just kind of like a uh a person that uh always helps out um he knows rob is knows the music industry extremely extremely well and is a fantastic musician so we kind of were like you know what like rob you've always been here so you know let's make it the three of us i think yeah i mean that's i i said it yeah we're we're the last three it standing it took, <laughs> took a while to get to the three standing but that was yeah. uh, when it shifted out it, it came back to the original three yeah. yeah i mean bands are are weird it's a weird format or like medium i think yeah <laughs> and yeah everyone we've i mean we've been so lucky with the people we've played with they've all they're all just monsters at what they play yeah. and i think that all of them have really like left a mark on on the songs and the sound yeah um especially i mean david needs like a special shout out david shout was um i would always see him play with other people's bands a lot of these like kind of louder more prog bands mm -hmm. uh, around campus and i was just in awe of him on the kit mm -hmm. and um when we graduated we were sort of like, David, can we kidnap you and take you to a folk festival? And it was like this conversion moment, you know, and he, yeah. he suddenly, I mean, I was, I still am flattered that he, he was willing to play on our stuff and we still, we're still in touch with him. All that, He's on the West Coast now, nice. but I mean, we're, I still send him songs all the time and um, we talk all the time about the music. So I, I think every, we've been super lucky from the beginning and I think I've been especially lucky also with Reed and Rob that like everyone has just been incredible at their instruments. And that makes the whole, it, it means you can just get creative right away. You know, sure. There's no, it's never a question of can these guys play it? We, they can, they can just do it on command. Nice. Now, was it because of all the, the, you know, rotating chairs, the changing lineups that there was that space between the first singles and the first album because i mean you know a little lift came out in 2019 and you know uh the the, the video of empress comes out in 2012 you got this time was it always just sort of this oh now we got to rearrange this now now we got to change this i think we well, felt a lot of pressure for that first full-length album you know we it ended up taking way longer than than we thought it would um and you know, in retrospect, I, I think that we probably dwelled on it way longer than we needed to. But we, we the, this whole time, I mean, I think that in our minds, we were like, we we want to make sure that we're not wasting people's time. You know, we want this to be something we're really proud of. And for those years, a lot of what we were doing 
were was like following around other bands around the country mm. and kind of getting a sense for like playing the songs that would be on that album yeah. over and over live trying them out figuring out what didn't work so um yeah we weren't in the studio much in those years but but we were kind of constantly trying to figure out what was going on yeah <laughs> i would also say we did uh and this often happens is that um we did make an ep that mm-hmm. came out in 2014 yeah. that uh often gets kind of um it was our first project and uh you know it was uh definitely not our first album and definitely not the scope but it's something that i i like listening to because i'm like oh wow cool yeah i mean we were right out of college and that was our first um attempt at making more um uh kind of a larger project so yeah don't don't uh don't forget unfocus (laughs) (laughs) is what it's called the unfocus ep yeah yeah and well now I mean, aside from that, though, you guys have also you've you've taken on other things, obviously, in in your life. Uh, Reed, you you've you've done a solo EP that was, I mean, after after the first album. Um, but Magnus, you also you you started you started a uh, a PhD program. Uh, yeah, f- uh, philosophy, philosophy, which ho- hopefully you're getting ready to finish. Uh, this this coming year, did you always want to obtain a PhD, or was that something that you realized a couple years after undergrad and were like, yeah, I want to keep going with this thing? Um, I mean, I think I realized like we were driving around the country, and I was packing all of these, you know, dense books that I was kind of addicted to, and mm-hmm. um, I think I realized at a certain point that yeah, it was really important to me to to go back to school and. Uh, right around the same time, I think that we, like, kind of have been talking about how we want to, we want to put out more music and how we weren't in love with this um, sort of mythical idea of, like, piling into a van for months at a time and bootstrapping everything and driving around the country. So part of that transition, too, was us learning how to collaborate remotely across different cities to meet up over, over breaks and record and write and send each other voice memos and just totally by luck like because we kind of had that system in place or that we were used to that a little bit when the pandemic hit like we we really didn't change all that much about our day-to-day yeah um i mean we were it was sort of business as normal in a strange way nice nice now i (laughs) I uh I took a look at your old CV there, and I gotta say I'd be oh, no. <laughs> I'd be really interested in taking your ethics of ignorance course. Uh, oh, love it. I would love to have you. That that seems like a very topical uh, class. Today's issues could be tackled a lot in that course. Uh, looking backwards, that looks uh, looks very interesting. I'd be be excited to take that one. Uh, hey, I mean that that course was crazy because it was in the middle of. Um, I mean, that was in the middle of the presidential election. Yeah. Um, Black Lives Matter protests were in, in full force. And so were sort of these vitriolic uh, conversations around identity. And yeah, it was an intense, and the pandemic, obviously. So it was it was an emotional time with, with the students, but it was maybe my favorite class that I, I've taught. For sure. And on top of that, you've got the difficulty of probably wearing masks to actually see people's... Yeah. Uh, emotions and and feelings when they're saying things, which makes it even 
more difficult when you're talking about a heady topic like that. Um, no, you're so right. Now, Reed, on the other side, you like I mentioned, you just you released a solo EP at the start mm -hmm. of 2021. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what spurred the release of the solo project, and uh, what, what did you get in that that you don't get in like a, in a Morning Siders project? What was the you know mindset? Oh, um, well, first of all, I, I don't. I mean, it's maybe a little uh, semantic, but I hate calling it my solo project. Oh, okay. I have Sorry. to because you know, no, 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 no. You're, you're, um, many people do, and I do as kind of a matter of organization, but yeah. I really just think of it as, you know, project. I'm, I'm not like going, going solo. I'm just kind of like, it's a different project. Yeah. Um, I might actually, uh, oh, I, I, uh, network, uh, our label might be mad at me for this, but I, I still want to change my name from Reed Jenkins mm. to, you know, like almost like a band name or something. Yeah. Um, or a stage name. Um, I would say this, I, you know, if you listen to the EP, which you should, mm -hmm. um, if, if you're listening to this, for sure. um, it's very much, uh, in morning ciders. My role is that of violin mm -hmm. and <clears throat> violin and background vocals. And I do a lot of kind of the pre-production, um, and you know, just, uh, decorative ideas mm -hmm. um with my quote-unquote solo project i wanted to um first of all uh magnus it, uh, in morning ciders kind of writes the core songs and i i wanted to explore with my solo again quote-unquote solo project um i wanted to see what it was like to write the songs from scratch and then um, and this this EP was incredibly difficult to make and, and took me a long time because I wanted to really see what would happen if I took songs from scratch, made demos, made all of the arrangements, and then co-produced it. Mm -hmm. um, and it was such a huge learning experience. Um, it was mostly self-driven and actually entirely self-driven, I should say. And um, I, it was interesting. It was... Uh, I kind of wanted to look at the song and the production and the soundstage and the sound design as one kind of holistic thing as yeah. opposed to kind of, uh, you know, um, piece by piece uh, delegating. Yeah. yeah. Or like delegating tasks to people. I, mm -hmm. I wanted to see what it was like to, um, I don't know, for instance, on one of the songs, I'm like, what if we changed mics? Uh, uh, during the verse to um, convey these lyrics mm -hmm. and um, so being the what whole... if the string sounds like that what if the you know yeah um, being the and whole so that orchestrator was, yeah yeah exactly and uh, that's very much what that that uh, project turned out being um, but yeah I mean I could uh but, that's that's essentially it. I yeah. heard I heard that the song "Smile uh, Smile Your Smile" you thought mm -hmm. while you were walking to chemistry freshman year. You go back yeah. that eleven years. Wow, now, you did your research. Now, now was that 
was I mean that's a good like you said I mean these songs took a long while were all of these eleven mm-hmm. year percolating songs or was that uh, some of them much shorter than that as far as the actual origins of them so that song definitely was the longest mm-hmm. uh, I've written a song it was basically the first song I ever wrote um, and it changed a lot and um, it kind of grew with me as I grew as a songwriter mm-hmm. um, but the other songs didn't quite as long that being said i am a very slow songwriter Mm. i will take years you know uh and kind of really let them percolate over a while um for better or for worse i think mostly for worse but um (laughs) yeah i mean it's i kind of each song i kind of i i use every song every piece i do as a learning experience Mm -hmm. um so if there is something that i don't like Mm -hmm. about a song i will also kind of question what i don't like about my process Mm. and so um i will kind of work on my process while working on the song i think that's why things take me a long time got it um but certainly yeah i mean strange lover for instance um that came into existence about a year before i recorded it Mm. um and i'm certainly getting faster because I want to make more. So well, it is a it is a fantastic uh, song, "Strange Lover," and uh, listeners, oh, thank you. listeners, check it out. Beautiful start. It's a good EP. But back to Morning Siders. You guys just released uh, EP uh, "Easy Does It," like you mentioned, it was about a month ago, and uh, folks seem to be really enjoying it. Uh, when you look back on it and what we've talked about, thinking about those old old days those college days what's the biggest change that you see i mean obviously there's a there's a maturation over that time that you guys have had but what, what's the biggest change that you see from the music now that than back then great question um i mean i think partly going into this specific project we um we had these songs you know, kind of fleshed out in the way that we would play them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we started talking about working with Peter, Peter Kadis, mm-hmm. um, we just dove into his discography and I think got really inspired and, and sort of revisited the songs, trying to to imagine the project as, as something like a collaboration with Peter mm-hmm. instead of us being like, you know, we know exactly how we want it to sound and mm-hmm. so it it meant that i think that a lot of there's a lot of continuity um like for example i think from the beginning we've been really committed to our songs telling stories mm-hmm. you know and and being sort of slices of life or or character studies mm-hmm. and that's still in there but there's a an incredible atmosphere that peter brings to all of the stuff he works on and, and i think that that allowed some of the uh, emotional bits of the stories to, to really move to the front. Nice. Now, now I was I, I was actually getting ready to be my next question because uh, um, Peter Cadis has uh, produced, actually just uh, happened to be like our last couple of recent guests, uh, Wild Rivers and Darling Side. He worked with both of them on their most recent projects, and they both seem to uh, really enjoy working with him. Uh, is it? Do you think the best part about Peter's production is—is is it his sort of collaboration? Is that what you like about working with him so much? I think. I mean, it's been a real joy. Like 
Peter has an incredible way of, um, he'll, you can barely see him making decisions. Like if you don't pay really close attention, he sort of just guides the ship a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I honestly, I think the best thing about working with Peter is just the, the personality fit. Like he's a, Incredible, which is a silly thing to say about this incredibly technically proficient, <laughs> successful producer. Like, yeah, um, but he he just makes it so easy, and it's not always easy to work with producers, no matter how good they are at production. Yeah. So that's the thing that I think brought us back more and more. Nice, nice. Now the the newest Morning Siders album, obviously, like I mentioned at the start of the interview, it's supposed to come out here in twenty twenty two. Uh, what can you tell us about the new project? What What is known about this project? What is known? Like, what's public? Yeah, what what, what can we expect? Maybe, like, do you, do you already have a track list? Is it to that point that you actually have the tracks down and now it's more of mastering and whatnot? Or are we still hashing out how many tracks, what songs, that kind of deal? Got it. Oh, no, we're, so we're mixing this week. Okay. We're, like, you know, we're pulling each of them up. We've been recording a lot over the past few months. Um, we came in here a couple of months ago and, and put down the basic layers and then mm -hmm. took them home with us and have been kind of crafting them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, pretty, it's it's moving along. And I think like, you know, all of these songs were written um, over the past year mm -hmm. um, or a year and a half. So kind of a tough stretch. And I think that all of us, whether we talked about it or not, started... Um, kind of got more interested in writing music that like makes you feel good and that is is uplifting and, and positive so i think a lot of these songs are are kind of about um or not about but are are not are not afraid to to sound pleasant to, you know to sound happy and to try to inject a little light into things very nice very, how would you say it compares to pollen Reed, what do you uh, think how would and i'm I would say um, kind of easy does it and this this next one. Mm -hmm. We went into it, I think, with Pollen, we we specifically were um, leaning more on the indie pop side. Mm -hmm. um, and with this, we really kind of wanted to uh, pull back on that, not making a folk album, but um, really uh, um, make... I would say it put the acoustic sounds slightly ahead of the electric sound. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, I think we were with Pollen challenging ourselves to um, <clears throat> see how acoustic sounds fit within electronic sounds. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these are are acoustic guitar based, whereas Pollen was electric guitar, kind of downstroke eighth notes, like but 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 that yeah. kind of post punk. Mm -hmm. uh, post-punk core mm -hmm. so not not post-punk pop-punk that's what i meant pop-punk core and um with these i think yeah we we have a lot more uh, back to that woody uh core that um uh we kind of began with yeah. um but then you know with the perspective uh from pollen we're kind of like oh synths are okay you know <laughs> for a while we were like no synths you know which we yeah. were just, you know looking back i'm like that's so silly synths are so cool yeah <laughs> um so you know now we're like how do we blend synths in with kind of like this uh, uh folk glow Be best um, of both worlds yeah exactly well you yeah. know we're we're always like searching within that triangle of yeah. you know what what fits 
yeah and what works with us so for sure now could i ask you what track you're most excited about like you don't obviously we don't know what you're talking about can you give us a, your favorite track magnus do you have a favorite track you know i i say this a lot but honest i'm i'm like a a little kid like whatever's right in front of me and is new it yeah. is the thing that's most exciting to me okay so we're about to break open a song uh in like half an hour mm-hmm. with peter that uh, we haven't touched at all this week and that mm-hmm. one the, the promise of like where is it going to go and and what's it going to sound like today makes me excited that one's called labrador um but <laughs> labrador. i mean i was just listening the other night down to the bounces that peter's sending us they're not done but but they're starting to sound really special, I think. Nice. Well, Reed, do you have a favorite uh, favorite track? Oh, I do. Um, I'd say what right now we're calling Cardamom. Okay. Okay. Um, that's the one that maybe just because it it actually um, after a day of mixing is the closest to being done, kind of to Magnus's point. Gotcha. Um, you know, and and Peter's like, oh, okay, yeah, like that one almost done whereas all the other ones um are kind of half we have to wrestle yeah a little bit more they're kind of like 90 percent there um cardamom is 95 percent there so it's um it also i think really kind of for me has that uh blend of of like uh the kind of woody uh sound with kind of these crunchier elements that Mm -hmm. I I am yeah. very fond to musically. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Well, I'm looking. I got them. I'm got them both written down. If they stick with their names, <laughs> I'm looking for Labrador and Cardamom. So I'm excited about the whole album. Yes! Guys, we are up against a break, but I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, oh Ben, thanks so much. You made you made this really fun. It was great talking. Fantastic, listeners. You can check out everything at morning. Uh, everything Morning Ciders at their website morning morningcidersmusic.com, or you can stream it on all streaming services right now. Let's listen to This Could Be Good right here on the I Doc G Show. I just had a premonition Of good things yet to come From way on high Oh my, oh my All at once How'd you get this much? I didn't give it Never been stopped in my tracks like this before Call it luck or call it love or intuition This could be good This could be good This could be good This could be good good. Don't remember how I got here the friends where I was with Or what song it is we're dancing to Hope it doesn't end too quick Cause how'd you get this much I didn't give it Never been stopped in my tracks like this before Call it luck or call it love or intuition This could be good This could be good
need well now I think don't need much of anything this could be good this could be good the Doc G Show. Morningsiders right there. Reed, the Magnus, and Rob. Fantastic. Those guys are just super enjoyable. Love to love to chat with them again when we get the chance. They're just a good time. Gave us three places, Mike. I always like a, a three-entree day, you know? So true. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm drawn in. You were drawn in. It sounded I, I gave you the, I gave you the places, and you immediately just right to the bagels, right? Yeah, right to the bagels. Are I mean, is that is that a go-to for you in in breakfast times? Do you like to yeah. have the bagels? Everything bagels. Yeah, we even mm. get the everything seasoning. Oh yeah, from us. Oh, we put it on everything. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it, it's bagels. It is. Love them. It is very uh, potent. Uh, it it works well with a lot of things. Works well. Mm-hmm. I'm more. I, I mean, this Milano's. Anytime that I hear there could be uh, there could be Italian involved, I get excited. And I've been. Yeah. I've been looking at this uh, Milano market here. They've got. Buffalo chicken balls as an appetizer. I don't know what mm. that is, but I want to be a part of it. I mean, yeah, sounds great actually. Yeah, and they got potato croquettes. Oh, oh, mm, mm. man, they got some fish. Looks like some good fi- red snapper. I'm all over some red snapper. Although yeah. I don't, I don't know if they can do better than Safe Harbor down here in Jacksonville. That is the best red snapper I've ever had. So, yeah. Yeah. Don't know if you can get fresher than that. But then you got all these chicken dishes here. I'm looking at chicken piccata. I'm looking at chicken marsala. I'm looking at mm. chicken rollatini. I'm looking at veal parmigiano, veal piccata. Oh, get out of town. I want to have all of these things. Oh, yeah. Uh, man. Man. But then again, you go to New York. It, 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 you you don't know what you're doing if you can't find an awesome place to eat in New York. Like basically, yeah, every single place you turn is an amazing place to eat. So you know, yeah, that's why they have you. A, uh, they have a spot, a peanut butter and jelly company. Mm. <laughs> it's totally random, but uh, it's a they peanut? specialize in peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It, New York City. It feels like kind. you wouldn't need to specialize in that. Nope. You know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just seems like something you might not need to do, but I mean, who knows? I'm I'm betting I'm betting if I had one, I would be like, Yeah, this is better. 
you know, <laughs> this is this is pretty good. They do it a little different. They do it a little different. But you do have to watch out. I mean, you do have to watch out because you, you hang out too much with with New York foodies and you get a little snooty. You know, you get a little like, oh, that's not even, you don't know good peanut butter and jelly. I'm sorry. That's not, you know, <laughs> shut up and eat your peanut butter and jelly. Come on. It's good. Put it in your face. Anyways, <laughs> thank you to Morningsiders for being on the show. Their new album is going to be fantastic. You need to check it out, listeners. You can check out the EP right now. You heard two songs off of it. Check it out when you get a chance. Uh, Mike. We need two birthday suits. Uh, you are one for one, my friend. One for one. I think you may get one of these next two. Okay. I think you may get one. Here, here comes the All first right. one. Born on November 17, 1944, and where else? Neptune Township, hmm. New Jersey. Hmm. hmm. Our birthday suit wearer first started his professional career as a beautician working at his sister's hair salon. When he was looking for training as a professional makeup uh, instructor, he found the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. He enrolled and graduated in 1966. His first f big film break was in the 1975 One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He then played in Terms of Endearment and The Jewel of the Nile. In 1988, he played in the movie Twins, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then in 1992, he played one of his most famous roles as the Penguin in Batman Returns. In 1996, he played Harry Wormwood, better known as Matilda's father in the movie Matilda. He's probably most famous for joining the cast of It's Always Sunny, or it, yes, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in 2006. As Frank Reynolds. Hmm. Name that birthday suit wearer. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito is correct. He's two for two, everybody. Nice. Yes. We're doing it. Yes. <laughs> Danny, man. Uh, actually, uh, if listeners are uh, Friends watchers, probably one of my favorite things Danny DeVito did was guest star on Friends as a stripper. That's a fact. In... I think it was like the ninth season, somewhere around there. But he came on mm. as a stripper, and it was pretty, pretty hilarious, as you can imagine, because Danny's not—he Dan does not have the body for a stripper. It's <laughs> not his cup of tea. But he is turning. Let's see, what seventy-seven for Danny? Seventy-seven. Wow. Yeah, older than I would have thought. Older than I thought. Yeah. Uh, next one, Mike. You might be able to get this one too. It might be a three for three day. It could okay. be. I don't want to put the pressure on, but it could be. Uh, we'll see. Born November 17, 1944, same birthday as Danny DeVito, in Toronto, Canada. Our birthday suit wearer was always interested in media. He started his career as a writer and broadcaster for CBC Radio in the early 60s. But in 1968, he moved to Los Angeles to work as a writer for multiple shows, including Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In and The Beautiful Phyllis Diller Show. In 1975, along with Dick Eversall and Herb Schlosser, he created NBC's Saturday Night, which changed its name in 1977 to Saturday Night Live. 
He became the show's producer and was the producer until 1980 when he left the show. He came back to the show in 1985 and has produced it since then. He's also produced The uh, Late Night and The Tonight Show. He's received 20 Primetime Emmy Awards from 94 nominations. He holds the record for the most Emmy nominations. He's also produced cult classic comedy movies like Three Amigos, Wayne's World, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, Mean Girls, MacGruber, and Masterminds. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. I'm going to go with, and I'm only guessing, Lorne Michaels. Three for three. What? Yes. There what? we go. Nicely wow. done. November 17th is the day for Mike's birthday suits. Yes. <laughs> yes. Lorne, I mean, let's be honest. You can't get too much bigger in comedy, movies, and production than Lorne Michaels. I mean. No. Nah. Saturday Night Live has has its hand in everything, and basically every single Saturday Night Live movie that's came out has been produced by him. So, you know, he's he's a big deal. And every now and then, when he does his uh, you know on air uh, cameos, they can be pretty funny sometimes. He's yeah. got he's got he's got a good one every now and then, but he sounds sounds like a pretty intimidating character to try to come up and and do your jokes to, you know, like yeah. to audition for. I always hear those those stories from you know cast members and whatnot. I'm like, good lord. I'd, yeah, he just like sits in the back of the room, doesn't yeah, say anything. I'd be sweating watches. through my underpants, man. Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, too intense for me. But yes! he is also turning seventy-seven. Lauren Michaels. You got to imagine at some wow. point in time he's gonna retire from Saturday Night Live. What do they do then? That's insane. Man, I don't know. He's gonna work there forever. That guy's yeah, never gonna he, quit that job. Yeah, probably not. I wouldn't. Uh, I mean, he's been doing it since '75, so you know, it's uh, yeah. He's got I mean, they're coming up on the 50th anniversary, which is insane. Uh, but, anyways, happy birthday to Lauren, happy birthday to Danny DeVito, and happy birthday to Martin Scorsese. All being born in the '40s uh, on November 17th. There you go, uh, Mike. Got a fantastic show next week. Next week is, of course. The Thanksgiving special. Very yes. excited about it. Very happy. Always a great time here on the Doc G Show. As the listeners know, uh, Thanksgiving food, not my thing. Nope. But the Thanksgiving special, my thing, Mike. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And we have a fantastic guest, Mason Jennings, coming on the show. This guy has such an interesting awesome. career. I am just, I mean, he's been doing it since 97. He's got all these cool, interesting stories. I didn't know until just recently that he did a, uh, he he'd recently worked on this project called uh, Painted Shield with Stone hmm. Gossard from, uh, from Pearl Jam. Jeez. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's wild. Interesting. They, they put out an album, uh, not this November, but last November, 2020. And I was like, how'd I miss this? It's crazy. It's crazy. Not only that, but he's took up painting, Mike. Yeah, Mason really? Jennings taking up painting. And guess what? 
We've got a painting from Mason Jennings coming for the studio. That's right. That's right. What? Yeah, that's right. So lucky. I bought it off of bought it off of Etsy. If any listeners are oh, looking for, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he's got paintings for sale on Etsy. So I may have to one. check this out. Yeah, I may have to check this out. Just check it out. It's Mason Jennings. Huge uh, fan. Mason Mason Jennings Art. That's that's uh, that's his uh, you know username on on uh, Etsy. Wow, pretty fantastic, pretty fan. You can also get he does uh, you know artistic uh, lyrics, so he'll write the lyrics of his songs and sell you know the 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 written lyrics like that as art as well. Wow, yeah, pretty cool, pretty cool. But he's got that's a cool. new album coming out, Real Heart, uh, at the start of next next year and uh, he's already released some singles we're going to talk to him he's going to be our guest for none other than the six that's right or wait yes the six annual thanksgiving day special that's right that's right. Nice. They're very excited. Very excited. But until then, Mike, we have to wrap it up. I have been your host, guys, Doc G. With me, as always, none other than Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus Charette. Thank you for being on the show, sir. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. For sure. Short, for sure. Short we for pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> pleasure. 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 See you later. All right. Bye. Uh, guys, until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doo dah.